0: I'm Adam Hergenrother and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. This is a show for leaders and high achievers who've experienced success on the outside and still feel like something is missing in their life, who have made money and accomplished big goals, but then ask themselves, is this all there is? After all, business is nothing but a conduit for your personal growth. Need nothing and enjoy everything. This is Business Meets Spirituality. So I was thinking about today, what we wanted to really kind of um, hone in on. And I wanna share a story about when I was, uh, maybe 10 years ago, getting feedback um, from individuals to where I am today getting feedback. And there are two, uh, drastically different places to be able to receive feedback from because I think feedback at work and in your personal life is how we grow like the personal growth comes from being able to receive feedback um, in a way that uh, allows us to look at it and not be harmed by it but look at it and put new things new action items new changes in our lives or go learn something new right it just kind of gives you that feedback so if we can learn to really take constructive feedback criticism whatever you want to call it and really bring it into our lives and hear it we can then Make radical shifts in your life, depending on the feedback that you can get. But I think a lot of people don't really want to hear feedback. So Let me just share. So about ten years ago, I can remember a time where I uh, I uh, gave a presentation and I received um, some feedback. And of course, you know at that point, I was really looking for all the good, right? Like I was like, just tell me something I'm doing really good. And of course, there always is, right? Whether or not people actually liked it, some people just give you feedback in general. And so I I, I looked at that, and then there was a couple comments. That weren't even that bad, but man, instantly, the minute I read it, or uh, I heard it or read it, um, and we were kind of dissecting it, it was just to hit my kind of ego really bad. And I was I can, you can, as soon as it hit, I remember instantly in my head just rationalizing why this person sucked, right? Like, why they were wrong for giving me feedback and how dare they give me that type of feedback in my life because obviously they don't know who I am, right? Like, that's literally like how I thought in my mind. And so I remember just kind of just, you, just you, you, you hear it, right? And even though, and the funny thing is, is I'd ask for the feedback, right? Like I'd asked for the feedback, like you send a survey, out, would ask for the feedback. I love the positive stuff and kind of all oh, this, and you feel really high from the positive stuff and you kind of grab it. And then there's a couple there that were just, hit and I was like, this person sucks. This is, they're wrong. Like they don't understand this. That wasn't my intent, right? We start judging our intentions. Well, that's not really what I meant. Like, let me just explain it to them what I really meant, right? And so all this stuff, you could just hear your mind. And at, this, at that time, I wasn't nearly as present as I am now. It's like, it's just, I was just part of just this, this spiral. Like one of the things I like to refer to that we were having a conversation before we jumped on here was about the deception, the spiral of deception, which is just your ego kind of spiraling out of control. And most people just think about this, like on a, you know, this kind of spiraling deception because the ego is deceiving us from the truth right? It's deceiving us from the truth. And so I was just on this, not really wearing, or aware that there was a way to get off, right like, It's like you're on this interstate and you can't get off, and you're just kind of spinning around. And so as you start to kind of get off the spiral of deception, realizing that your ego, your thoughts, your mind, your feelings, those things are just deceiving you into believing what you want to believe. It's that falseness, right? Instead of looking at the truth, the truth, what we set is free. It'll set us free because you're not on this spiral. So anyways, um, that's where I was hanging out was just on this. So I just didn't receive the feedback. And honestly, it bothered me for a while. I mean, it did. Like I would let it go for a little while. And I don't know if I was using that term, but so I tried to like mask it or forget about it. And it, it probably took like, a year, right? To really kind of get over that. And then it, it's not like I was waking up every moment thinking about it for a couple of days I did and you just kind of wake up. And the first thing I thought about was that feedback. And I was like, really what I did was, it was, it was hitting at the point of like, are you worthy? Right. And that's kind of really what it hits us when, when at the core, when we get feedback that we don't like, and we become the feedback, we're basically saying like, wow, am I really like worthy of this? And it's just, this kind of just, this, this it hits us, right? It kind of hits our stuff as as we say, and it kind of just, you get on the spiral. So fast forward, right, to we did an event here a couple of weeks ago. it It wasn't my best teaching to say the least. but anyways, I got some feedback from that and it was, there was, you know, obviously you get your, your note cards from people that love you and that, you know, you wanted and we're kind of like, I don't really, that's great. It's awesome. But then there was a couple of things that were feedback where somebody's like, I hate it, right? Like I hated it. I would never come to anything Adam does. I would, you know, he didn't do this. He was all over the place, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it, when, when you, when you can hear that feedback, I was like, man, I love this. Like I literally, like it was just a completely different 360 about way I received the feedback. And again, I had asked for the feedback and then when you see it, like, it's like, I looked at the the good stuff. I didn't get high from the good stuff like I did before, like before, like I would allow my emotion or that kind of this energy to rise up when I felt like I, it was, it was actually inflating superiority, right? It's almost like you, you're inflating your ego to feel higher from some of the words you do. But conversely, if you hear negative things, it brings you way down low, right? So you ride this big roller coaster of, of when you're receiving feedback, And so I remember just getting this. I was like, wow, I love this. Like this, this is great. Yes. Now when you're reading it or somebody is giving it to, it doesn't, you're not like high fives all around guys. Like this feels awesome, but it's, you just, you still see it. It just doesn't, you don't become it, right? You don't become the feedback. And so when you can do it, you're like, wow, that's really, really great. Right. And like, part of it is we have to, we have to not get so caught up in the delivery of the feedback, especially when we ask it from people, some people just aren't as conscious or they don't really take as much time to write the feedback and they think they're helping you by being very direct. And then we kind of want to criticize them for giving the feedback that we asked for. So don't worry about the delivery of it. So if you can kind of realize that when you're you're asking for this feedback and you hear it, you're able to really uh, take it in and look at it. And so instantly. I went back and I got this feedback and said, oh, great, this is what I can do to improve. And they got together with the team and said, this is what we can do. And it was great feedback when you can look at it from that objective angle and then actually implement it into your, your presentations, into this podcast, that you can implement it into every training. Because literally, I would say, well, Hallie, like probably 50% of my week is in trainings of some Mm -hmm. sort, right? Just, I think it is, like whether I'm training my own people, whether I'm in a therapy session with one of our employees or whether I'm just helping somebody grow, whatever it is, or I'm just, or or trainings. So I'm like, wow, I can bring this to instantly till today. And so then you start bringing it in there and then you're grateful for the feedback, right? Because you're grateful because "Ah, that's the thing I couldn't see. Or maybe you kind of, maybe you're just, you know, I think you and I are talking about that feedback, right, Hallie? And I think you and I both got into a place where we were just, what, like you mentioned, it was more just like an autopilot, right? I think that was actually a good way of saying some of like just, this, just
1: the, the presentation. Our content and our, content. our training. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very much on autopilot and we needed someone to kind of sh- yes. shake it up and tell us, okay. Yes, we got to reframe. We got to refresh. Yes, and and make it better next time.
0: Yeah, and you came in with some great solutions, and you didn't get kind of worked up by that too, as well, um, which was great. And so we kind of took that and said, okay, great, this is this is good stuff, and we kind of move on. Um, so there's a... how do you? Yeah,
1: so that's you were asking for feedback in yeah. that case, so you probably were taking it with a little bit of a different. Um, perspective maybe than when you get unsolicited feedback yes how do you deal with that
0: well i think the same way you deal with any type of feedback i think um predominantly when people ask for feedback in their life they really don't really want the real truth of feedback and this is what i mean by this you kind of put it to a numbers position i think feedback can kind of has this scale from like negative 10 to zero and then from zero to positive 10 and i think a lot of people when they ask for constructive feedback they're like okay Give me this nine and 10 up here first, kind of give me here, and then let's bring it down to like a six positive, right? Like kind of like that to me, it's a different, it's not nine, but it's a six and it kind of feels like there's some feedback there, but overall it's still, still feels really good. Like, yes, I get that too. Like that makes sense. And you kind of, it's like, you're getting, you're almost like you're just getting caught and supporting the inflation of superiority or inflation of that ego. Whereas when I look at real feedback, it's not like negative 10 is being rude or judgmental or negative. It's just more of like, okay, if you get a, a, you're going to get your eights or nines, right? And then you're going to get something that's like a negative six or negative seven, but it's real feedback that you can then take and then apply in your life. So if you're not getting that kind of that one that goes like, wow, that's making me stop. Right. Or even as it kind of hits you a little bit and you're like, wow, that was powerful. Like, I did, that was a different experience. Right. That was, that felt a lot different than this feedback did. yes, it's a different experience. That's the type of feedback that you need. And then you say, okay. Let's just, let's, just, let's just assume for a second that I, actually, that I agree with this. Then what could I do differently? It's kind of a question you can ask yourself to get out of, instantly out of that frame of mind of going, let's just assume she's wrong. But let's, I know she's wrong, but let's just assume for a second she's not. And if she's not wrong in her feedback, then what could I do differently? And that just kind of just mentally kind of gets you out of that frame of reference for it. So I think I'm going to answer your question on solicited feedback in a second, but I think in general, when you're when you're getting, asking for constructive feedback, or if you say, hey, I really want to grow, in order to grow, what do you need? I mean, what do you need in order to grow? You need somebody to tell you or share with you what you don't see. Right, or, your blind spots. Yes, your blind spots, or just a hard conversation about maybe you know it and you just, nobody's ever told you. Somebody needs to tell you that, right? I think love... Right? Not like necessarily the like, love, like loving your employees means you're willing to have these conversations with people, right? I mean, that's the radical conversations, right? And so, first of all, you have to center yourself, right? A lot of these conversations all come down to how do I let go of the part of me that wants to really be right in this feedback, that only wants to be and feel superior, right? That wants to be right or only wants to hear great things. So, first, you have to take a deep breath and make sure you're in a spot. This is, again, if you're asking for feedback, that you're in a spot where you can let go. So just, and, and even if you're not there, like it's going to hit just as much as you can. Just continue to let go um, as much as you absolutely can while you're centering yourself. And then try to objectively look at the feedback. They're just words coming in. And if one of the things that I've done in my life has been is kind of removing myself. It's like I look at the feedback and I pretend it's not me. For the feedback, it's not me personally, right? I look at the feedback as if it's the Hallie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but like I look at the feedback as if it's like a different person. I don't even, they don't even have to name somebody. It's kind of just removing yourself. The whole point of doing that is to just create some separation so you don't become the feelings or the emotions or the words that are used there so you can step back and see around all of the solutions in, or around the words that people are using. And so it's kind of a, a little a way you can separate yourself is to go, okay, I hear the words and I'm going to pretend they're on Joe. And if that was Joe's feedback, then what would Joe do differently? And again, it's kind of like looking at yourself from a third-person view, but it kind of starts the separation of there. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? Like, it's not like you're going to listen to this next time you get feedback, you can go, man, that was awesome, right? So 10 years, 13 years for me to kind of work through that. Um, And so I think it just, it it just, if you start that process to do it. Now, if somebody comes with unsolicited feedback, I think one of the things that you can do when somebody shares to you is, is ask yourself. At well, least this is what I do, is ask myself, wonder what's going on in this person's life that they feel they need to bring this to me? Because I'm assuming if it's unsolicited feedback, maybe it's, I'm just naturally going to a place where it was probably something not not delivered in the way that it was respectful way. That's just, that's kind of the context that I took it. Maybe you're thinking differently.
1: I, yeah, I'm thinking a little bit. I mean, I give you unsolicited unsolicited feedback all the time. Yes. So how does that, how do you receive that?
0: Well, I think, I don't really think it's unsolicited though, because I've asked you if you ever have feedback for me, just to share it and you're never going to hurt my feelings.
1: Right. So in a work environment, maybe it's creating that because sort of culture.
0: Yeah, well, that is, you're creating right. a culture of that. And I don't think that's that. And that hasn't always been the case though, right? And that's taken years of kind of trust and also just me going to you and saying, Hallie, don't, I can tell you, you want to share something with me, share it. Right? Like, don't make me feel good. Right, giving about, you permission. Yeah. me permission. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm constantly giving permission to do that. Um, so while it may not be like, hey, in the moment, I'm asking for your feedback, it's a general solicitation to anybody that I work with to come give me feedback. Right? And so that's just for me. It's like, give me as much feedback. You know, there's a there's a guy that we work with who runs one of our companies. And he's like, and he's, he's always been a really great job of receiving feedback. He's like, give me feedback. I don't care if it makes me just, you know, just... Squirm in my seat. I want to hear it, and I remember one time we were having this conversation. He came in and he asked me um, about a potential relationship that he's ending. He is what "What is?" It? And I said, "And I said, okay. I know you really want to hear." It. And so I actually sat down and explained the whole thing to him. And you could tell it really made him squirm. But he's like, at the end, he's like, he's like, Thank you. I need to think about this." Right. And so again, I think if people come with actually truly unsolicited feedback that you're not that you're not asking for, it's one is. I always ask, like, what's or this is just in general. People are yelling at you or just bringing things to them. Is like, I wonder what's going on in this person's life to make them feel they need to share this with me right now. And I said, you know, maybe they're having trouble at home. Maybe they're having trouble financially. And what it does, it kind of just takes the sting away from the venom that the person's trying to bring onto you, um, assuming that they're bringing into that case. And so then you can kind of start separating yourself from that. Now, if it's actually feedback and they're not doing it from like a place of, of anger and they're, just, they're still, still unsolicited, I think you need to just take that opportunity to let go of that part of you that does not uh, want to receive it like, and just ask the deeper question. I think one of the things really where people don't really want this real deep constructive feedback is because they don't want to have to look at the truth, Mm -hmm. right? They don't really want to really dig down and say, well, why am I feeling that way? Or why won't I change that way? But the cool thing is, is once you can get outside that and really start accepting that feedback, then people really can't hurt you necessarily. When I say hurt, I mean hurt like your feelings because you're just, you're just, bring it, great, you can say it, Me, Like, I remember one time in Michael Singer's kind of episodes, he was like, man, if you can get to a place where somebody comes up to you and they're yelling at you in the middle of the street and you just start laughing, you're like, this person's yelling at me in the middle of the street. It's hilarious, right? Um, I'm not saying when you get to that point, but um, I think if you can just let go of that part of you and explore. So the next time somebody gives you feedback and you're listening to this, start to bring some awareness to go, why did I just get so disturbed from that? Really? Like, why did that bother me The way it did, and just sit with that. You may have to go to your journal. You may have to go um, and just have some time to reflection. You may have that. You may not have time in the moment right then. Do the best you can to let that go, to move on beyond that. But then take some time. There is a gift in that, right? Take some time to stop and write down later on before you go to bed, just go, wonder why that hurt so bad. And if you really explore the deep truth and don't allow your ego to kind of go in there and be like, they're wrong. It didn't hurt. I mean, it hurt because they're just weird or whatever it is. Go beyond that and start to see because what you'll find is that there's a deeper truth and that truth will set you free. And it's not going to be necessarily it's not that it's not going to be painful to mm-hmm. hear that sometimes, and sometimes those experiences are different. But I think you can really you can really use that as an opportunity to gain awareness and clarity, and that makes you a better leader, makes you a better employee, it makes you a better brother, sister, husband, wife, just a leader in the community, because you when you can receive that, then also gives you the gift on the other side of being able to give it.
1: I was at uh, the chief of staff summit. A couple of weeks ago and listening to Adam Grant. And this topic actually came up where, because um, chief of chiefs of staff have to give yeah. in to receive feedback constantly. So the topic of receiving feedback came up. And what he started talking about was, um, it's difficult to receive it, particularly at work, because our identity is tied so closely to our yeah. work. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we, I mean, he's a brilliant individual. And I think it's it, He's absolutely right. Like, we get so tied to our identity at, at work that we put our worthiness, like our self, right? Like our self identity, the self conceptual model that your mind has created or the ego has created into work. That if somebody hits that with feedback, you instantly start breaking that because it's not, it's this illusion that you can control this self image. And then when somebody starts to break that self image, what happens is you start to feel like you're not worthy. And that's where, that's where that feeling that you get, like when it kind of makes you sick or you're, it kind of hits you in your gut, when you get that feedback, it's because all it's doing at the core levels, it's breaking that self-conceptual model or the identity, that need to stay consistent with that identity that you think you are. And when, when you think you are that and somebody tells you that you're not good at doing that, you, you break that. It's like shattering glass. And that's what you feel. Now, understand when you can separate yourself, right, from all of that, it doesn't mean you stop being an amazing chief of staff or an amazing visionary or amazing employee. You just can now, you don't put your self-worth of who you are into the job or into the business. And by the way, when you can do that, then you become an amazing visionary employer or chief of staff, right, any position that you're in because then you're, you can attack the position without getting emotionally involved in the conversations and the feedbacks or in the problems, right? This goes back to just when you see a problem too, it's the same way. All of this goes back to just surrendering behind it, right? Or, or or, at least separating yourself from the feedback or separating yourself from the problem. So then you can actually then take either the problem or the feedback and put it into play.
1: So now let's reverse this. This is, we're talking about receiving the feedback. How do you, in surrendering and letting yeah. go when you're receiving it, how do you implement or use those same tactics when you're giving feedback?
0: Yeah. The, awesome. The number one thing that you have to do when you're giving feedback is you have to make sure that when you're going in to give the feedback, that again, you are not doing it to try to be right. A lot of people want to go in and give feedback based on why they think they're right instead of objectively looking at how do you can make somebody better. That's number one. So how do you do that? You first have to go in and go, what personal baggage am I bringing into this conversation? Mm. And if you're willing to stop and look at that and say, all right, I have an ad- I'm going to go get this feedback. Because you're not, until you hear this, you're probably not thinking that, right? It's not like you just, you walk around going, okay, I want a personal baggage. this." But once you can bring us some awareness to this, when you're about to give feedback, you've got to make sure you're not in there with this personal agenda to make yourself feel better from the feedback you're going to give, which is where I think a lot of people get feedback from. They come they come in the room and while it may be even the same feedback, the intent behind the feedback, which people feel, right, mm-hmm. is that I'm superior because I'm giving you this feedback and I have a personal agenda about why I want to do that. So how do you get out of that? First, you center and just say, and ask yourself the same question. The same question that you do when you get the feedback is, why do I feel this way, right? Why am I getting disturbed? And allow that truth to come up. And the same thing is when you're giving it is, am I really bringing anything? Do I really need to be right? And before your mind answers it, there's, a, there's this moment where you can feel like, okay, yes, I am trying to actually bring something into this. And I still do this to this today. When I bring into a conversation, I go, am I bringing my sense? Or, or even like sometimes when I write an email, I can sense myself wanting to be right in the email and I'll delete the email and go, I just wrote that. In a way that just, I just want people knowing that I'm providing value or trying to be worthy in this conversation, or trying to be right instead of actually trying to get the solution. And the sentence comes out differently. It's the same way of giving feedback. Whether you're giving feedback in an email or you're giving feedback directly, is to center yourself first and and being present or conscious in that moment to make sure you're not bringing a personal agenda of your own garbage. Right. Your own. Yes.
1: Giving feedback, it shouldn't be about you. Yes. Anyway, it's about serving the person yes. who you're giving the feedback to.
0: And I think a lot of feedback that people get or they're giving is about them trying to make themselves feel better. I just do. I, I think that once you're
1: Pro- proving you, a point, maybe you, get getting ahead, and getting ahead in yes. business. Yeah.
0: Especially people that just receive, if they receive something or they're not feeling strong, like worthy, that's when they'll go out there the most and try to find somebody else that they can feel better about. That's why I, that's why, like, honestly, like these, you know, like Dr. Phil does so well. I mean, that guy makes like $70 million a year because he has so many subscribers. Because I really honestly think people watch that because they go, they're sitting at home and they're feeling sorry for themselves and they turn on that show and they're going, at least my life's not that, right? So there's always this kind of... That's this-
1: why I watch The Real Housewives. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly, right? So it's all—it's always about like you're trying to, like you're trying to feel su- superior to the next person. So sorry. the whole, so whole point is when you're given that, don't try to feel superior. Then when you're giving feedback and say, all right, because feedback is part of it. So then how do, then walk in there and go, on, how can I make this person better? How can I make Hallie better? right? What can I say? What do I need to say? And then there's no question about, is this going to make her feel worse or, or better? You're just going to deliver it. And by the way, people can feel the delivery, right? They can feel when you're coming from a genuine place, if that's the word that makes sense to you, right? You can feel that when you're just, when you're present with them and just deeply connect with them of like, I care about you. And so I'm sharing this information. And, um, and that takes just, it's just a consciousness. It's just work.
1: And I th- I think sometimes cl- closing the loop on that, like when we gave feedback recently to um, a team member, it wasn't just, here's the feedback. Yeah. Go deal with it on your own. It was meeting with them again, making sure that they reported back, closing the loop to see what did they implement, providing additional feedback as needed. It's not just like a hit, hit and run <laughs> feedback session.
0: <laughs> a hit and run feedback like that. Yeah, no, it's not. It's like we in that example, we gave feedback. and It was a very hard conversation, not hard in terms of like, we're solving nuclear fusion it was it was hard because i knew that it was going to into questioned them. his identity yes, exactly and it called um, into question his yes, identity exactly and so then we again we gave him a resource immediately after that to help improve himself and then we scheduled that day a follow up meeting so i can meet with him and for a week or two later and then we sat down and by the way he dramatically improved himself. Like, and he came prepared. This is what I did. He asked me in our follow-up meeting, man, he asked me questions I never thought this individual would ask me. Like one of the questions that he he asked me on the follow-up session from the feedback that we gave him, he goes, I'm just paraphrasing a little bit, but he said, I have a question. He goes, I have obviously this reputation for being, oh, let's just say negative or an asshole. Asshole. Yeah, it's kind of like, so like, and I don't really mean that. Like, how do I change that? I mean, I'm like, how powerful? Or, and how
1: do you, how do I deal with yes. other people's perception of me? Yeah, when I do change that and yes. I stop that behavior, yeah. and people start questioning this new version of me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a powerful, really
0: powerful. And you can tell how much he took that and ran with it, right? And so that's the power of really constructive feedback is you change people. You change people's lives through business. Again, wake up. That's why, I mean, business is spirituality, right? That is the conversation. That is exactly what we mean. Sometimes people get lost in the word spirituality, but that's just personal growth. That's inner growth. That's external growth. Whatever you want to call it. That's just working through a business solution to be able to let go of part of ourselves, to grow us, which then makes the entire community in your workplace and employees better. So one of the action items that I want to give everybody today um, to walk away with is I want you to be willing, I'd love for you for the next seven days, right? The next seven days to go out there and have one tough conversation with somebody. One tough conversation. I mean, tough doesn't mean like, I'm going to go argue with them. I mean, tough, like instantly when you hear this, at least I've been exploring this this past week with different people. And instantly, every time I say it, people go, oh man. And so it's like, you can tell they're saying that because they know exactly who they need to go have that conversation with. And so, and typically people have one. And so, it's not like you go searching for this and you come in there with like dropping a hammer of a tough conversation. It's just, I want you to learn how to go out there. And when you recognize the opportunity, it's like kind of changing your culture, right? Recognizing the opportunity to provide feedback, give it. That's that. And I mean tough, just meaning like you're willing to tell them the truth.
1: I, yeah. I think tough sometimes is also saying, saying, saying the thing that you know you need to say or you've been suppressing that needs to be said, whether yeah. it's their truth, your truth. I don't know if that matters. It's more of, you know, when you're holding back yeah, on on saying something to somebody. And we we're preparing
0: for this today. I mean, is I asked that question, as to what's the action I want people to take away from this today? And uh, and and you go, oh, I know which one I have to do, right? So it's just very, you can- Absolutely. And, yeah, and so I think we all do. Now, if you get to a place, and maybe you know the first one you have that today when you're listening to this, and then tomorrow you kind of recognize this, and you're like, I don't know, so at least try to have that conversation. But if you can't, have a tough conversation with yourself. So again, if you get to a point where you can't force a tough conversation or one doesn't come up, have a tough conversation with yourself. And this is what I mean by that. Um, I mean, ask yourself the deeper question. Um, If something bothered you of like, oh, what's, what is the truth behind this? What is the truth behind me showing up for work? What is the truth behind me for having an identity of an athlete, right? What is the truth behind me of actually really wanting to learn? What is it? And you just, you just start having these deeper level conversations with yourself. Um, Or why is it that I need to have a nice car, right? Or why is it that I want to have this next vacation? I'm not saying don't have them. I'm just want you, I just want you to know why right? And so when you can when you can ask these different questions about something that you want or something that's there, again, a tough conversation it doesn't necessarily fall in the category of like, hey, why do I want my next vacation? But if you ask that and say, what do I really want that vacation for?
1: Why? Yeah. yeah why? why do
0: I really want the vacation? And you say, well, I want I want experiences. Or is it like, I want to be able to tell everybody I went on this vacation, right? right. And why? And why, right? Like, it's just keep asking the lower level. It's kind of like, you know I heard this analogy a long time ago it was just like a lot of people in conversations with themselves or other people you know like they kind of like um they wakeboard right on top right when you're wakeboarding you know if you've ever wakeboarded before or skied behind a boat before when you're when you're on it you never go below the water because then you wouldn't go anywhere. So you stay on this kind of surface level conversation and you're going back and forth from one side of the boat to the next side of the boat and you're staying on top of the water. Whereas when you have tough conversations, either yourself or other people, it's like scuba diving. You stop the boat, and you drop an anchor, right? And the anchor just keeps going lower and lower and lower and lower and lower until it finally hits the bottom. And that's where the truth is. And so if you kind of think about that, that um, analogy when you're asking questions or providing feedback or getting feedback, there's always another layer until you finally get to the uncovered truth. And then when you get to the uncovered truth, that truth will set you free. Again, I'm, it's probably not going to be comfortable. <laughs> that's That's why we call it a tough conversation is because when that starts to bubble up or you start to get to that low, you're working at the root of the problem, right? And I don't, problem or solution or opportunity for growth, whatever makes sense for you to fill in that word, you're working at a different level than you're used to working at. So that in itself is going to feel uncomfortable. So when I kind of think about this is there's a couple of key takeaways, right? Number one is this first next seven days, I want you to think about a tough conversation you can have with somebody or have with yourself Um, then when you're giving feedback, make sure you're not bringing any personal garbage to it. Make sure you're not bringing yourself to it. You've reached the end of another episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If you like what you heard and feel inspired to do so, please leave a review. It's awesome hearing from listeners like you. And remember, never give up on joy.